Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 317 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. On a very, this is a very rare episode. And what I mean by that is the first three topics, the first three segments all coincide with each other. The first three topics I will be talking about all have something to do with each other. And where we're going to start is, of course, the biggest topic that we or the biggest information that we got uh, yesterday. And that is Lamar Jackson getting, I think it's called the non-exclusive franchise tag by the Ravens, meaning the Ravens still sort of kind of signed him to a a deal-ish. Uh, however, because it's non-exclusive, other teams are able to try. They, they franchise tag Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and other teams can still talk to him and try to give him a deal. And the Ravens have the opportunity to match whatever offers is made. And they're also able, if they do want to trade him, they get minimum two first-round picks. They say that nothing ever happens for the first time, meaning everything has happened before. It's just up to you to learn from either said mistakes or do it over again if it was successful. You hear that a lot in in music. This is really rare that you'll get original music or at least beats because you hear a lot of samples or or remakes and stuff it's very rare that well yes i'm not saying music isn't i'm not saying music is bad or music's not everyone sounds the same i'm just saying that it's 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 very hard to get an original beat an original you know song these days because everything has happened before and it's up to you to learn from it or to duplicate it if it's been if it was successful you see the ravens had every opportunity to not get to this point you saw the ravens were kind of in the situation before with joe flacco they waited to the last minute to pay him joe flacco then bets on himself the last year wins the super bowl now they have to pay him more money because he's a super bowl champion and don't get don't don't get it twisted. The owners talk. The owners talk. You think that every owner didn't see what happened with Dak Prescott and 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 Jerry Jones? How Jerry Jones waited to the last minute, and now everyone's looking and thinking. Well, everyone pretty much thinks that Dak Prescott got overpaid because he held out as long as he did. 
The Ravens could have prevented this. The one thing that they say in sports, or one thing they say, especially in basketball and football, is you do not wait till the ink dries before signing your player to another contract. Because usually, if you wait till the ink dries and they're good enough to warrant another contract, they're going to need more. You don't wait until uh, Russell Wilson gets his deal. You don't wait until Deshaun Watson gets his second deal. You don't wait until... Because now, here's, here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I think the owners have talked. And I think that there's a collective understanding that no one is to give Lamar Jackson $250 million guaranteed. Do I think it's fair? No. But I don't think anyone is going to give him that money. I also think the owners are saying are, are, are the owner, the Ravens were able to do this because I think they have in the back of their mind they believe that no one's going to give Lamar Jackson the contract that he's asking for. You see, the league can be a dirty game, man. Lamar Jackson does think about this, and like I said, the the first three segments coincide. I'm going to talk about there are players. And, of course, we'll talk about it a little in a second. But there are players that just sign new contracts, just sign new deals, that don't have the half the resume that Lamar Jackson does, and they are currently making more money than him. You see, what, what I think people, people don't understand how market works sometimes. What I think people don't understand, or let me say this, what I think the owners don't understand about the market is that it doesn't matter what another team did and if you like it or not, that is now the current market. Especially if the 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 person that you that set the market, the contract that set the market was given to a person that doesn't honestly deserve that market. At that point, it doesn't matter. That's still the market. You see, I'm not going to argue and I'm not going to sit here and say Lamar uh, Deshaun Watson did or did not deserve the contract that he got from the Cleveland Browns, but he got that contract, meaning that is the market. Now, players like Russell Wilson, players like uh, Kyler Murray is on them to take less than that market. But when you have a player like Lamar Jackson, he wants the market. But again, the Ravens could have prevented this. You want my honest opinion about what's going to happen? I think the last thing that the Ravens wanted to do, or sh- I think the last option, or the last thing the Ravens should have done was put Lamar Jackson or give Lamar Jackson a franchise tag. Now I see what they're doing is they're they're trying to help, I guess, him find a market. And and no, they're not. Because this is really what I think happened. I think that the league understands that. The owners were very, very upset. The owners were very upset that the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money. And I think the owners made it a point to say, 
we cannot allow that to happen again. So now you have Lamar Jackson, Jackson, Lamar Jackson that deserves the money he's asking for. And now I think that the Ravens put him on the non-exclusive franchise tag. And I don't think any you've already heard heard about five teams that have been out on Lamar Jackson. This is huge because I honestly don't think Lamar Jackson will ever, ever play another down in. First, he has to be tenured. He has to sign the tenured. I wouldn't sign the tenure until July. Then you have to agree to play on the franchise tag, which I wouldn't. Or I would sign the franchise tag, but I I'd hold out. I don't think, I think we've seen, I was hopeful. I was very hopeful because it's just like, and I said this in last time we talked about this topic. How do you expect to trade a player that you've built your franchise around? You've built your entire team around this player. And now you're going to play hardball. I didn't understand that. But now. I believe Lamar Jackson has played his last down as a Raven. One thing that people, one thing that people don't understand or people don't really take into consideration about contracts and about negotiation is the people aspect is the person aspect. Once you disrespect somebody or once somebody feels disrespected by you, it's very hard to come back from that. And Lamar Jackson is sitting here saying, I gave my body because they one thing a lot of people like to bring up is the injuries. I gave my body for an organization. And I, while no, he hasn't won a championship or a Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I gave my body for this organization and now the organization is talking about they don't trust me moving forward that's what that's what a contract symbolizes a contract symbolizes trust it symbolizes trust moving forward and not signing to a or not agreeing to a contract usually means that they don't trust you with whatever the terms of that contract states. Maybe they don't trust Lamar with that money because of the injury. But then Lamar Jackson's like, well, I got injured on your dime trying to win us a game. You see, all season, uh, every time you heard, um, all you heard this season was Lamar Jackson was upset with the organization because of this contract. Well, yes, he did come to work and he was a good teammate and his teammates loved him. He they, they reports are saying that they under they felt his frustration every single day because it's like the organization gave up on me or the organization doesn't trust me yet. And still they want me to go out and win them something. And trust and believe, bro. They are not winning without Lamar Jackson. I don't care what defense you build. I don't care 
You're not. The Ravens are not winning without Lamar. So now, because they've put him on the non-exclusive franchise, I guess I understand that they can match any offer. Yes, I understand that um, they can trade him. I also understand that they can Lamar Jackson can play under the franchise tag. But I think that if they do not get a deal, if Lamar Jackson doesn't, because I honestly think the owners have talked, and I don't think that he's gonna. I don't think there's any team that's gonna offer him exactly what he's asking for. So trust me, I think this is going to get a lot uglier than it is. Now, this is an ugly situation. This has been going on for two-plus years. The Ravens had two-plus years to get this right. Again, they say you don't let the paint dry on the first contract before you sign the other one. Or the... Yeah, it... it And let's go to our next topic because our next topic goes along with Lamar Jackson's topic, and that is the Derek Carr. Derek, or that is the Derek Carr situation. Derek Carr, who was a Raider for the longest. Of course, the Raiders allow him to go into free agency and or pretty much release him. And now Derek Carr goes to the Saints. Derek Carr signs with the Saints for $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. That's one player we have talked about now that is making more than Lamar Jackson. Let me first talk about Derek Carr's fit with the Saints. I said this before in a, in, 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 a, in, a, in one of the episodes. I also said this in one of the reels that I put. I felt the Saints were the was the best team for Derek Carr. You had a really good offense. I, this Alvin Kamara legal situation, that's gonna, that's probably going to get settled out. But one, you still have Alvin Kamara as a running back, which is top-tier running back. You have Chris Olave. You have... Michael Thomas, hopefully he's able to get healthy. And you have a defense. And the only thing that I guess is questionable about the Saints is the coach. But I think that Derek Carr is criminally underrated. Yeah, yes, I understand he had a bad season, but everyone has a bad season. Tom Brady had a bad season. Not uh, this. Everyone's had a bad season. And I just feel Derek Carr had a bad season. But again, there was a lot going on with the with the Raiders. I mean, injury upon injury upon front office stuff. It's a lot. That's a lot to to maneuver around. So I think that Derek Carr going to the Ravens, I mean, no, going to the Saints, I, I apologize, is the perfect fit. Now he is leaps and bounds the best team or the best player or best quarterback in the NFC South. With Tom Brady gone, he is the best quarterback. I was a sleeper team for Derek Carr, I, in my opinion was the Carolina Panthers. I just felt the NFC South was the best or was the best place for him and I felt if he was going to go to a team it should have been the Saints, but I could see the Cardinal, I mean no, the 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 Panthers because of 
some of the pieces that the, the the Panthers are a pretty good team as well. But I think Derek Carr is going to fit alongside or going to fit perfectly with the Saints. Now you're hearing about Jameis Winston's getting released because, you know, to, to leave room for Derek Carr. I just feel Derek Carr fits perfectly with the Saints. Out of all the teams that he could have went to, whether it was the Jets, whether it was any team he could have went to, I felt that the Saints were the best one. And it looks like he's getting he's getting a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, a hundred million guaranteed. So now let's talk about how that affects topic one, which was Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson sitting there thinking to himself. One thing that you always hear when we talk about why Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten his contract, you hear two things. You hear playoff or lack of playoff success and you hear injuries. Yes, Lamar Jackson missed the last, what, six, four, or five or six games the last two seasons due to injury. And yes, Lamar Jackson has not won a Super Bowl. But Lamar Jackson has won a playoffs, a playoff game. And Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. Why am I bringing that up in a Derek Carr topic? Because Derek Carr has done neither. Yet, he is making more money currently than Lamar Jackson. Again, it goes back to the analogy I said when I talked about this a a couple episodes ago. Why would I expect to get paid the same amount my coworker is paid if I do more than my coworker and if, I, if I've accomplished more than my coworker, I don't expect to make the same amount as my coworker. I expect to make more because I contributed more to the company. I should, I shouldn't, I can't, I shouldn't expect the company to look, view me and the coworker the same way if I do more than the coworker and it shows. You see, I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr was dealt a bad hand a couple times when he was in uh, Las Vegas. But there are some facts that we're dealing with. Lamar Jackson has a playoff win. Derek Carr does not. Now, a lot of people want to bring up, yes, Derek Carr has like 33 comeback wins in his career, which is like the most ever or something cool that's a good stat don't get me wrong i'm not going to downplay that stat however Derek carr also does not have a playoff win lamar jackson does Derek carr does not have an mvp vote Derek carr has never been voted mvp Period. Lamar Jackson has an MVP. You know what? Else, you know who else that 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 kind of goes along for? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray doesn't have half the accomplishments that Lamar Jackson does yet, and still, 
reports are saying the Ravens offered Lamar Jackson less than what the Cardinals offered or gave Kyler Murray. So, yes, while I think Derek Carr would be really good for the Saints, and I think that the Saints were smart in getting Derek Carr out of the, all the quarterbacks that were available or that seemed to be available, Derek Carr was fit perfectly with them. Now, I, I mean, I don't think he's the best quarterback that is available. Don't hear me or don't get me wrong, but I do think that fit, like I say all the time, fit does matter, and I do think that Derek Carr was, you know, the perfect fit for the Saints. But don't get it twisted. the re- <laughs> Lamar Jackson, think about this. If Lamar Jackson is on the Ravens next year, the Ravens find themselves in a tougher situation because now you're going to look up and there are some top names that are up for contract negotiations. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, who went to a Super Bowl. They're about to be up for some contract negotiations. And I can just imagine what the Bengals and what um, the Chargers are going to offer those players. By the way, Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Neither one of them do. And don't get me wrong. When I say that, look, I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is better than these people. I mean, you can debate. I think each quarterback is very talented in their own way, but I don't think Lamar Jackson is that much better or is that much. Like, I don't think the gap is wide when we talk about Lamar Jackson and a Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson and a Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson and a Josh Allen. I don't think the gap is that wide. I think that the teams that they're on are built better around them as far as, again, Josh Allen has a number one receiver. Uh, Joe Burrow has multiple receivers that can be number one. Justin Herbert has two receivers, even though they get hurt a lot, has two incredible receivers and a running back. But I don't think that Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert are leaps and bounds better than Lamar Jackson. But you look, I can't imagine what their contracts going to be. And the last thing you want is Lamar Jackson seeing whatever the whatever hell contracts they're about to get, and seeing Derek Carr get a hundred and fifty million dollars and hasn't won a playoff game, hasn't won one, not a one. Again. I think Derek Carr, I, I think he is going to fit perfectly with the Saints. And I think that Derek Carr being on the Saints makes them a very viable team for the playoffs next year and, and maybe be able to make some noise in the playoffs. But, yeah, Derek Carr is a player that's making more than Lamar Jackson. Think about that. I like Russell Wilson. Oh, let me not say Russell. Let me not bring that in. The third 
topic. <clears throat> and now and now and I'll tell you how the third topic, which of course is Aaron Rodgers, fits in with Lamar Jackson. It fits in with Lamar Jackson in a different way now. So reports are coming out saying that the 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 Packers are pretty much they really are trying to be done with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're really they really want Aaron Rodgers to just be like, I want to go. Now, you're asking yourself, why don't they just trade him? I don't think they're like able to without his permission or something. I think last year was a very interesting year for a couple quarterbacks. We just talked about one in Derek Carr. We talked about Russell Wilson. And we talked about, and we talk about, and now we are talking about Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is clearly better than all of them. Um, of course, Aaron Rodgers has been widely touted before, of course, Mahomes as arguably the greatest in a thrower of the football we've ever seen. As far as quarterback talent. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers. How do I put this into Aaron Rodgers comes with a lot. You have darkness retreats. You have I'm all in. I'm all I don't know. You have the. uh, The. The. Uh, Inuwaki, Inuwaki or whatever whatever the hell that thing is Aaron Rodgers comes with a lot and one one thing that's always been prevalent in, in football and in sports in general is your talent goes hand in hand with what an organization will allow But with talent has to come results. And while yes, Aaron Rodgers is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. While yes, Aaron Rodgers does have a Super Bowl. While yes, Aaron Rodgers does have what, four MVPs. You expect or the Green Bay Packers expect to be in playoff contention or fighting at least for a Super Bowl year after year with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, which then allows them to deal with a lot of things that come with Aaron Rodgers, not showing up to uh, OTAs when you have a, a wide receiver room full of new wide receivers outside of Randall Cobb. Or... Every single time they ask you, do you want to be here? It's a beautiful mystery. Like, what? <laughs> so reports are pretty much coming out saying that, yo, the, the, the Green Bay Packers just want to be done with Aaron Rodgers. Again, I think last year was was an anomaly for a bunch of quarterbacks. Again, we saw a a rookie Mr. Irrelevant get a team to the NFC championship. 
Mr. Irrelevant. Do I think Aaron Rodgers is as bad as the record or as bad as Green Bay was last year? Do I think that it's all on Aaron Rodgers? No. But I do think that that the Green Bay Packers are kind of looking for an out. I mean, you've been sitting on Jordan Love, which, by the way, I don't think Jordan Love is that good. But you've been sitting on Jordan Love for a minute. We got to find a way to get Aaron Rodgers out of here. You have a bad season. Bada bing, bada boom. And I think that he's going to go to the Jets. That's pretty much the Raiders seem like they're kind of out on Aaron Rodgers, even though I think that would be a good fit. It looks like the Jets. The Jets have a good offensive line. They have a good running back in Brees Hall once he comes back from injury. You have a very talented wide receiver in Garrett Garrett Wilson. You have a really good defense, and you have a defensive coach, and you have Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator. But this ties into the first topic with Lamar Jackson because I do think that now that you've – non-exclusively franchise tag Lamar Jackson, now you have a different pool of players. While, yes, I think currently Aaron Rodgers is still really good, I don't think currently he is better than Lamar Jackson. So now the Jets have to make a decision. Do the Jets want to go after Aaron Rodgers? Do the Jets want to go after Lamar Jackson. Can the Jets get Lamar Jackson? Because I don't know if the Ravens are going to want to deal with a team or going to want to trade Lamar Jackson to a team that's in the AFC. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. And this is how the Aaron Rodgers situation coincides with the second story, which is Derek Carr. I think Aaron Rodgers would have been really good. For the Saints, I just think the Saints are in cap hell. Like, if you look at Derek Carr's contract, a lot of that, a lot of his hundred million dollar guarantee is is at the you know at signing because they're going to make that contract stretch because they're already in cap hell. You can't do that with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers already has a contract, so you just have to pick that up. I, we are seeing the end. Or we're seeing a lot. The league will look so much different next year than it did the end of this year. Now, of course, you'll still have some of the Eagles will still be good, even though a lot of their defensive players and offensive players are in question, like what's going to happen with Travis or Jason Kelsey? What's going to happen with Lane Johnson? What's going to happen with a lot of the uh, defensive players for the Raven or for the Philly for the Eagles? There's going to be a lot of motion. Hell, the Cowboys just franchise tagged um, Tony Pollard. Are they going to release Ezekiel Elliott? It looks like if you even look at the Super Bowl champions, we don't know what's going to happen with Orlando Brown Jr. It looks like they're going to release Frank Clark. The league is going to look very different. And I think that we have seen... I said this before, we saw the last, I think we've seen the last of Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform. I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But it feels like we've seen the last of Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform, and it feels like we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform. You know what's also funny? (laughs) 
hearing a lot of Jets fans, Jets fans talking about they don't want Aaron Rodgers. Like, like the Jets have have been like the Jets quarterback situation has been good since Matt or Mark Sanchez. Aaron Rodgers would be the Aaron Rodgers. If if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, he will be the best quarterback of their franchise. And yes, I know who's been in their franchise. Like, what's the alternative? What what's the alternative for the Jets? You get a Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. People are hilarious to me, man. Like, I don't know. But I do know this. Aaron Rodgers is still really good. I think Aaron Rodgers is still a top 10 quarterback. Hell, you can even argue he's still a top five quarterback. I think we'll have to see uh, what he looks like next year in whatever uniform he's in. But I just think that... I think, one, Lamar Jackson deserves what he's asking for. He's proven that. And I understand he doesn't look like the typical quarterback and he doesn't play like the typical quarterback. Injury concerns can happen everywhere. I mean, think about this. Anything can happen. You're dealing with people. You think that the Colts have not... The Colts have not been able to recover since since um, Andrew Luck retired. Do you think that they knew he was going to just retire? No. But I put money. There was like they wouldn't mind paying him. What I'm saying is Lamar Jackson has done everything that he deserved to. To get money. Yes, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. You know who else hasn't won a Super Bowl? Derek Carr. You know who hasn't won a Super Bowl that's more than likely going to get paid next year? Joe Burrow. You know who hasn't won a Super Bowl that's more than likely going to get paid next year? Justin Herbert. You know who's won a Super Bowl, who hasn't won a Super Bowl that just got paid? Josh Allen. Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, Josh Allen might be up for another contract. So I think Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid whatever he's asking for. Number two, like I said, I'm excited to see what happens with Derek Carr. I'm excited to see where Derek Carr goes. I'm excited to see, I mean, not where he goes. I'm excited to see Derek Carr in a Saints uniform in in how he transforms the Saints. One of the biggest, I felt the Saints were a quarterback away, uh, and I thought Jameis Winston was going to be better than he was. I was wrong. So I just think Derek Carr is going to be better. So I'm excited to see what he looks like in the Saints uniform. And number three, I'm excited to see where Aaron Rodgers goes. Again, I'm, I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to be a Green Bay Packer again. So I just, I'm excited to see where it is. I'm excited. I'm excited. To, I think he's going to go to the Jets. It kind of seems like the 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 leader of the pack. Um, so I'm excited. I lied. 
there's the first four topics coincide with each other. I told you guys an episode, a couple episodes ago that the Giants have a tough decision to make. Were they going to... You had two players that were up for money. Two players that had a very good season. Two players that had arguably their best seasons of their careers. And they both were up for some money. And that, of course, is the Giants. I said, you have Daniel Jones and you have Saquon Barkley. What were they going to do? Were they going to go the Tennessee Titans route and and kind of form your team around Saquon Barkley? And even if you look today, a report came out yesterday or a couple days ago that Derrick Henry is now being shopped. Or were you going to go or and sign a quarterback, which that usually is the way to go. However, Daniel Jones is not the best quarterback, nor do I think he's the quarterback that's going to win you a championship. But he had the best season of his career, and you don't really have many options. I could say Aaron Rodgers, but I don't feel like the Green Bay Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team. So, as we sit here today, Daniel Jones got paid, and Saquon Barkley got franchise tagged. Uh, I think, I mean, I think, here's the thing, man. I understand it. You look at you. You look at the landscape of the league, and and one of the mo- the the court the the position that you need to to lock down the most is the quarterback position. So I understand that you're going to pay Daniel Jones, even though I don't think Daniel Jones deserves forty million dollars a year. I understand why you would pay him, and maybe not give Saquon Barkley a long term contract because also. The life life expectancy or sports life expectancy of a running back is a lot shorter than than that of a quarterback because of just the damage that they take. And again, you look at the Tennessee Titans and you see, all right, <laughs> that team is looking looking mighty mighty different with without or now that Derek Derek Henry might get shot. So. Making this move, I understand. I understand it completely. Again, do I think that the Giants are going to be? Uh, I don't think the Giants are Super Bowl contenders, even especially with Daniel Jones. I think that you don't want to go into a situation where you don't. The Giants don't have that big or that high of a draft pick. They they have a decent team, but I just I understand. You know, they had playoff success this year, but I just don't think that Daniel Jones is worth 40 million. In fact, let me see how many, how much Daniel Jones has got. Hold on. Give me a second, please. Daniel Jones, four years, 160 million. That's pretty much 40 a year. No, I don't think Daniel Jones is worth $40 million a year. But I also, I understand why you're doing it. And I also understand why you franchise tag Saquon Barkley. While, yes, you probably want to get a deal done, you want him in the building as long as you can. Now, again, learn from your past. Learn from Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. You don't really want to pay him early, but you also want to pay him. 
Because there's not too many backs that's in the league better than Saquon Barkley right now. And you also don't want to, again, it's, I understand football is different than basketball. You, it's, while yes, you want to build around your best player, that's kind of hard in football. Because your best player might not be the quarterback, i.e. the Tennessee Titans, i.e. the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams' best player is a defensive player. And while Aaron Aaron Donald is great, you're only as good as your quarterback. The Giants' best player might be Saquon Barkley. It might be Dexter Lawrence. It's not Daniel Jones. But you have all three locked up, you know? Hell, Washington's best players on the defensive side of the ball. So, and I say all four go together is because Daniel Jones is yet another quarterback that is making more money than Lamar Jackson. Think about that. Daniel Jones has the same amount of playoff wins. Doesn't have anywhere close to the MVP votes. Or he doesn't have an MVP. And I'll ask Giants fans, and, and let's be completely honest about this. Who would you rather have right now? Daniel Jones or Lamar Jackson? Come on. But again, I'm not hating. <laughs> Congratulations to Daniel Jones. Again, I don't feel he deserves 40 mil, but what else are you going to do as a giant? I get it. Who else are you going to get? Daniel Jones is a serviceable quarterback. I kind of put him in the same tier as Kirk Cousins. I don't think that they're Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I don't think that the or I don't think they're capable of being Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, but I do think that I mean, you have him in the building and you, you know, you keep them in the building if you can. So I get it. Again, sometimes you have to overpay because if not Daniel Jones, who? I get, and that's the, I kind of alluded to that with my with my last episode as far as is Daniel Jones that much better than a Jimmy G? Is he that much better than who else? Because you had Derek Carr. Derek Carr is locked up or good now you have Aaron Rodgers again I don't think that the Green Bay Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the NFC team I don't think that they're going to get Lamar Jackson so what happens you know so you keep you keep Daniel Jones so shouts out to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley I do think Saquon Barkley is going to get a deal done maybe not this year but maybe next but uh it was smart to franchise tag I think it was smart to pay the quarterback and franchise tag the running back or pay Daniel Jones and franchise tag Saquon Barkley. So let's move forward. Um, I also want to say shout out to uh, Geno Smith, man. Geno Smith, a, a quarterback that was out of the – like he was a step out of the league. Like his his one foot was out. The other one was about to lift the lift – off the ground and he gets traded to um no does he get traded 
No, he goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Drew Locke is traded to the Seahawks. And, of course, you talk, they're talking about a quarterback battle. Geno Smith wins it and had the best career or best season of his career. Um, I think one comeback play of the year. And now he just signed a three-year, $105 million. Yet another quarterback that's making more than Lamar Jackson. But I'm happy for Geno Smith, man. Uh, well, again, I, I, I'm not going to trash Geno Smith. I'm not going to talk anything bad about Geno Smith. Geno Smith earned that money the hard way, man. Again, Geno Smith was not a good quarterback. There could have been – I do say fit matters all the time. It could have been him pairing with the, the, the Seahawks organization and pairing with Pete Carroll and that scheme or whatever. Maybe it was just a scheme that he was in, but Geno Smith was about to be out of here. And now he signed a three-year, $105 million deal with the Seahawks. So, shouts out to Geno Smith. I'm not about to linger on with that. I just want to say my congratulations to Geno. So, I think I'm done with football. Let me get off football. Um, gr- um hmm. Sometimes you know what you're looking at. And I think I've said this before, but sometimes you know when you're looking at greatness. Like, you know when you're looking at LeBron, like, that is that's greatness. You know, you know when you're looking at Steph, that's greatness. You know when you look at Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> excuse me, that's greatness. You know when you look at Serena Williams or, or someone that's currently Novak Djokovic, that's greatness. You know when you're looking at, you know, greatness. John Bones Jones, who, by the way, took a, what, two-year, three-year hiatus? John Bones Jones, who took a three-year hiatus because he was, he did not want to fight until the UFC paid him what he felt he was worth. And that's kind of what you're seeing with Francis Naganu, but we'll talk about that in a second. John Bones Jones, who took a three-year break, moved up from light heavyweight to heavyweight. While that doesn't sound like a lot, that's about 20 to 25 pounds, which is drastic. Especially when we're talking about fighting, being able to uh, move with the new weight. John Bones Jones comes back and beats Cyril Kane by submission in like in like two minutes. And now John Bones Jones is the heavyweight champion. Again, man, there and there there has been some great fighters. When we talk about UFC, I mean, we've had my personal favorite when I was growing up, Anderson Silva. We've had uh George St. Pierre. We've had in his prime, you know, Leota Machida. We've had, I mean, Cyril Gain was, is, was before this fight, one of the best, or considered one of the best heavyweights we've ever seen. 
uh, what Kuma Uzman or something. Like we we've, we've seen some greatness when we talk about fighters and UFC. There's been some great ones that come along. But I question, has there, I don't think there's ever been one as great as John Bones Jones. From the speed, the power, the technique, you cannot like the person. You cannot like John Bones Jones as a person. But one thing that we cannot deny is his greatness. <laughs> Yo, he's 35. And he's been dominating since he's been dominating the UFC since he was 23. And he just beat a man that's 11 and 2. John Jones is 27 and 1. And he owns the UFC record for the longest unbeaten streak, 19. Victories victories in a title fight, 15. And title defenses, which is 11, which is tied with Demetrius Johnson. John, bon- John Bones Jones, I will declare it. I think John Bones Jones is the greatest UFC fighter we've ever seen. And this is somebody that grew up idolizing, not idolizing, <laughs> grew up loving Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is one of the greatest you've ever seen. But I think John Bones Jones is the greatest you've ever seen. The man took three years off, not because he was injured, but because he didn't feel like he was being paid what he was worth. Look at that. Yet another story, yet another topic that coincides with Lamar Jackson. And this isn't even football. But John Bones Jones felt like he wasn't getting paid what he deserved. UFC finally cut him the check. And he beat a person in Cyril Gang who gain who a lot of people think was arguably the best heavyweight fighter in the UFC. And he beat that man in under two minutes. Or in about two minutes. So now People ask what's next. A lot of people are saying uh, it's not really. A lot of people want to see. Well, a lot of people are saying what Stipe, uh, Monik, or Monique, or whatever. I know I messed your name up, bro. I apologize. They're pretty much saying he's probably going to be next. But everyone wants to see the super fight, which is Francis Ngannou and John Bones Jones. But again, it kind of feels like. That may never happen, or that's not going to happen for a good while, because Francis Ngannou is pretty much going through a holdout himself, kind of what John Bones Jones did with the UFC. And it doesn't look like the UFC and Francis Ngannou are anywhere close to a new contract. So, I don't know. But, it it just feels like, is John, like, of course, I do want to see what he looks like against Francis Ngannou, but it just feels like, it's John Bones, and, and that's crazy because he went to a different. It went to a whole. No, we saw what um, Adesanya looked like when he went to uh, uh, the weight class above him. He got destroyed, 
and we think Israel Azadi is one of the one of the best UFC pound for pound fighters today. He went up to a higher uh, or a heavier weight class, got demolished. John Bones Jones does that, and he beats a man that's considered one of the best, uh, one of the best fighters of that weight class. He beats that man in two minutes. Yeah, man. John Bones Jones, in my opinion, is the greatest UFC fighter we've ever seen. You can you cannot like him as a person. You cannot like his off off mat personality. I don't care. He if we're just talking about you know if we're talking about uh if we're talking about who is the greatest MMA fighter of all time? I think it's John Bones Jones. That's my that's my opinion, and a lot of people's, because I mean he's already considered or regarded as one of the greatest. And now I think that being able to sit out for three years, come back, go to a different weight class, and dominate the first fight. Yeah, he's the greatest. Let's move forward. I have to. <laughs> we t- I talk about basketball a lot on this podcast. Basketball is my favorite sport. We do know that. Um, but I have to give a shout out to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks is one of the hottest teams right now, honestly. And whew, it's. I'm actually very shocked. I'm very shocked because. You know what? I'm very shocked because nobody would have thought that the Knicks right now would be on a nine-game win streak uh, in 39-27, and 11, 12 games over 500. While, yes, I think that Julius Randle is their best player. Ain't no think. Julius Randle is their best player. I sometimes feel, and I just don't say that fit matters for that specific person. Fit matters for the whole collection at times. I was, I was, I kind of questioned if Jalen Brunson could be a number one option for a team. Or could be a serviceable starting point, not serviceable, a good starting point guard for a team. While, yes, he was really good for Dallas. And Jalen Brunson, alongside Luka Doncic, got Dallas all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I do feel, I felt that a lot of that success was due to Luka Doncic outside of Jalen Brunson. But what I'm kind of starting to realize, while, yes, Luka is great, and I'm not, saying Luca's greatness is because of Jalen Brunson but Jalen Brunson's presence on the New York Knicks is bringing out the best in Mitchell Robinson is bringing out the best in Julius Randle who is the Knicks best player is bringing out the best in uh, Emmanuel quickly is bringing out the best in everybody that he's playing alongside outside of maybe RJ Barrett because RJ Barrett is kind of struggling the New York Knicks in my opinion now yes I do think that the New York Knicks would be better with Donovan Mitchell because I think Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Jalen Brunson. But I have to shout out the New York Knicks and I have to shout out Jalen Brunson because I feel Jalen Brunson's 
presence is unlocking a better Julius Randle or, hell, even a better Josh Hart now. I don't think that the Knicks are good enough to win a, uh, a championship. I don't think that they're good enough to really come, really, you know what, no. No, I don't think that they're good enough to win a championship. But I do think that the Knicks are good enough to make some noise. I mean, we just see the we just saw the Knicks beat the Boston Celtics what twice. And what's not to say that the Knicks the Knicks can beat anybody in the East. I don't I want to see what they look like in a in a seven game series because as we've seen the Knicks have had really good regular seasons and just collapsed in the offseason. Or postseason. So I don't know, but I do think that the Knicks are the I mean the Knicks is the they're they're the hottest team right now. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks did just win what 16 straight before they lost and then they won again, but the Boston Celtics the, the right now the Knicks have the are, are have the current longest winning streak in the NBA. And they're 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 playing really good basketball. Very good basketball and I think that the Knicks are the hottest team right now in the NBA. And a lot of that is due to how good Jalen Brunson is playing and how Jalen Brunson's play has unlocked. And, and Julie Randle's always been good. I mean, he won most improved. But unlocking just how good Julius Randle can be and has been. And I think, I think that the Knicks are good enough to make some noise, man, in the playoffs. I really do. So we'll have to see, but I, I couldn't keep going without shouting out the Knicks and how good they've been. So let's move forward. Um, I wanted to give, I didn't, we're almost close, close to, you know, the NCAA tournament. And it kind of feels like every single time I'm talking about the NCAA tournament, unfortunately, I'm talking about my new, my North Carolina Tar Heels and how they probably won't even make the playoffs or make the tournament. But I wanted to give my uh, I wanted to give my awards. I wanted to give my regular season or you know regular season awards for college. Now, yes, there is a lot of college basketball, a lot of college teams that you know maybe D two, maybe a lower tier basketball team that they might have a player that's averaging thirty or forty. But I you know I don't know. I just think that these have been the best players. These are the players that should win said awards. And uh, yeah, let's start with freshman of the year. Let's let's start down, go up. Let's start with freshman of the year. To me, this is a no brainer. Yes, I understand that there's a lot going on with him right now, but there has not been a freshman that has been anywhere close to as good as Brandon Miller has been. Brandon Miller has played himself into a lottery. Uh, to me, he's a lottery player. And. He is Alabama's best player by far. Alabama, while yes, they would be good, I don't think they'd be. Alabama can win a national championship. That's how good they are. And a lot of that is is predicated with how good Brandon Miller, who is a freshman, plays. He's a, he has turned himself into a one or done. That's how. 
Brandon Miller has is he he can arguably be in the National Player of the Year conversation. I think he won SEC Player of the Year and SEC Freshman of the Year, and I think that he has been the Freshman of the Year for the season. And that is, of course, Brandon Miller. Sixth Man of the Year. Here's the thing. The sixth man of the year, to my in my opinion, has to go to one person and one person only, and that is Sir Jabari Rice. And I say that because of this. When we talk about the the role of a sixth man, the role of a sixth man is is usually you're supposed to come into the game and you're either supposed to change the outcome of the game or you're supposed to be able to keep the flow moving. Meaning, if your team is doing good, they're supposed to insert you in and they're supposed to continue. When you're the sixth man, you're usually... That doesn't ultimately mean that you're the sixth best person. It just means that you are the best person on the bench and you're the best person. You're the bench leader, i.e., for example, nobody thought that OKC James Harden was the sixth best player when he was playing in OKC, but he was such a good player. He was the best player. They needed his skill set off the bench because they were not going to get that. uh, They weren't They were not going to get that uh, production from anyone, anyone else. The reason why I think that Serge Jabari Rice out of Texas is um, the player of the year or sixth man of the year is because Serge Jabari Rice is so much more than just a sixth man. And his role is way more important than the typical role of a sixth man. And I say that, and I mean that by this. I don't think Texas has a shot at winning the national championship, winning anything, if Serge Jabari Rice does not play well. And that is a very rare feat. Or that is a very rare statement when we're talking about a six man. But I, I stand by what I said. I do not think Jabari. I don't think that Texas is going to win anything if Sir Jabari Rice is not playing well. He is one of the best. Um, let me see something right quick. Let me let me see what this man's average. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to check. Just how much is this man averaging? Because he... He is something serious. And I... I stand by what I said. That they do not win anything if he does not so Jabari Rice is averaging 16 points no I'm sorry 13 points three rebounds four rebounds two assists and that's coming off the bench yeah let me see something I want to see it also shows that fit matter because I think he was it was a Texas A&M wasn't he and then he was an Aggie and it just didn't didn't work out Coming off the bench, the man has a 23 and two 24-point games. Yeah, man, I think I think to me it's a no-brainer at that point. I, I have Serge Jabari Rice uh, as sixth man of the year. 
Coach of the year, I have Jerome Tang uh, out of Kansas State. Nobody thought Kansas State was going to be this good. Not a soul. I mean, think about it. When we're talking about some of the best programs in college basketball, nobody thinks, nobody talks about Kansas State. And currently today, let me see something. Currently today, they are ranked. Kansas State is ranked 12th. A Kansas State team that is in arguably the best conference this year had a lot of turnover. They're 23 and 8. And they're ranked 12th. While, yes, a lot of, you know, if you, Houston's been good there there's been a lot of good a lot of good teams but I just think that nobody expected Kansas State to be as good as they are <clears throat> and a lot of that is due to the coaching of Jerome Tang so I have him as coach of the year offensive player of the year to me it it has to go to one person and it has to go to uh I'm gonna say Anton I'm gonna say Anton Davis Antony I'm going to say Anton Davis. If I said your name wrong, bro, I apologize. But the homie out of Detroit, Mercy, I talked about him last episode. When you are three points shy of breaking Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record, I don't see how you can give it to anybody else. I don't see how you can give it to anybody else again i understand his team might not be that good i understand that they aren't good they weren't good enough to make it to the uh make it to um make it to the tournament i under i look i understand that completely but the man was three or four points shy of breaking the all-time leading scoring or the all-time scoring record. If you think anybody, and then there has been some great offensive pieces, but if you think anybody else deserves over Davis, then I, I don't know what to tell you, bro. So I have him as the offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, I have uh, Jamarin, Jamarin Sharp. Look here. I understand he's 7'5". But this is the second year in a row. I think he leaves the nation in blocks. <clears throat> the man has 275 total blocks in his career. In two years. Two years. Again, not one of the best schools. Okay. Uh, yeah, not, not one of the best schools. I mean, Western Kentucky isn't one of the best. But you have a man that's leading the nation two years in a row in blocks. I think you kind of have to go with uh, Jaron Sharp, man. Uh, Jamarin. Jamarin. Jamarin or Jamarin? I'm going to say Jamarion. Jamarion. Bro, I am butchering these names, so I am sorry, man. But homie Sharp, I think he is the defensive player of the year. And uh, 
to me, this isn't this 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 one isn't tough either. Uh, as who should be the player of the year? I mean, is Zach Eady, in my opinion. The dude is averaging twenty two points a game, thirteen rebounds, two assists. He's also averaging. Let me. He's averaging this year two point three blocks a game. He is seven four. Purdue is absolutely nothing without him, and even and with him, might I add you, Purdue is ranked currently fifth. And if you look at the coaches' poll, they're ranked third. Zach Eady, he is, he is the, the. Zach E's been the most consistent player this entire year. There have been some really good players. I mean, you can look at Jalen Wilson uh, for for Kansas. You can look at um, I forgot homie's name from Houston. Of course, you can look at Brandon Miller. He can be in there, but I just think Purdue has been, or Zach Eady has been the best player this entire year, uh, and he does. He's, in my opinion, going the player of the year. He's been the player of the year. Mm. That's my list. That is my list. Um, let me know who you have on your list. Let me know who you have as national player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, freshman of the year. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, lastly, before we go, I don't think we've ever seen a case in the NBA like what we're seeing from Ben Simmons. Um, what I mean by that is, of course, we've seen players as deal with dealt with injuries. We've seen that on multiple occasions. But I don't think we've ever seen a player that has dealt with injuries came and, and and was highly productive all-star incredible player to now to me I don't know where he fits on a team because the way that the NBA is shaped at this point he can't be your prominent ball handler because he not only can't shoot, he's not aggressive offensively as far as scoring the ball. Now, I don't say your point guard has to be your best offensive weapon, but your point guard has to be an offensive weapon. Hell, you look at the the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul is not the number one option, not even close to the number one option, but he can still get you 15, 16 points a game. Ben Simmons can't. What is Ben Simmons averaging right now? Ben Simmons, who, by the way, is out indefinitely with back soreness. He is averaging seven points a game, seven rebounds, and. Oh, no. Seven points a game, six rebounds, six to six. Six, six assists. I don't know where he fits on the team. Like I said, he can't be a dominant. He can't be the primary ball handler, which he was for the Philadelphia 76ers, because he not only is he not an offensive weapon, but he doesn't look to be one. 
while yes, he is seven or he's six. What I six ten. I don't know if he's strong enough to be a, a big. So I just I don't I've never seen a situation like this. It's kind of hard to watch Ben Simmons play basketball now. Because and which of course he's out indefinitely due to back soreness because knee soreness or something. I just don't think we've ever seen a case. This is a number one overall pick. I might add you. Now, yes, we have seen number one overall picks deal with injuries. We've seen high draft pick. I mean, we saw Markel Fultz deal with injuries, but Markel Fultz is flourishing right now. We've seen a lot of players deal with injuries, but I don't think we've ever seen a player start with injuries, had already seen, to me, the peak of his career. And he's been, he's been, he got drafted in 2016. And now, to me, I don't even know where Ben Simmons fits on a team. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, con- it sucks, man. It's concerning. It sucks. I don't know if it's a mental. Th- well, they say it's a mental thing. I don't. I don't know. I questioned the whole mental health thing when he was dealing with what he's dealing with. Uh, or what he was dealing with in Philly. But now I'm starting to question because it's like, this is so unexplainable. This is unexplainable. I don't know. It's tough, man. But there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast, uh, shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers. The link is in the description below. Have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm getting a lot of subscribers coming up, or it's a it's starting to pick up, which I do truly appreciate. I appreciate all of you guys. I can't do it without you guys' help. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, and until next time, much love.
I done been up, went down, got back, and I'm still a shit. I was told the gang, still the gang, never changed, I never switch. Pop say pray, then I can't turn it up, I feel hella sick. Shoes on go, ain't calling shit off, what's that cheddar spit? Tears in my eyes, cause I know some niggas die who ain't never Walking in sunrise, clocked in on the job. Shorty thinks she's special, she ain't even saved. Play the cards you dealt, still ain't show the space. Tell I never had shit top down in the rain. Still a fucking fan, seen a pretty bitch way. Come with me for the night, dreams come true. I just made her come twice, tell your friend come too. Put a preacher street guys, giving gems to the youth. Rockers walking to the booth, waves all on the crew. I just need my space right now. Yeah.